0: What's going on, everybody? This is the Yardbirds Podcast here.
1: John. Yo. Can you hear me? Dude, I can. Can Oh, man. Oh, baby. Yeah, I can hear you.
0: How do I sound?
1: You sound pretty good.
0: Okay. Yeah, you sound good, too.
1: I would have to compare the... Like how it sounds from how everything has sounded in the past, but you sound like you're coming through clear.
0: Hey, I'm gonna try something real quick. I'm
1: just gonna try plugging in its uh, headset.
0: Okay. Let me know if the sound quality starts to sound really crappy because it might. I think this okay. mic might not be too too good. Okay. One sec. Hey, can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, that sounds good that's coming through nice. Really? Yeah, it's uh It's definitely different from the quality that came through on the other one, but it doesn't sound... Through your phone, it sounds like you're talking in a room, if that makes sense.
0: Okay. Does it sound better?
1: Yeah, it does. I think, anyway.
0: All right. Hey, that works. Maybe it was just because I was trying this, um, like, not over the group before, and maybe the settings are different, but... All right. That's good stuff.
1: Cool. Sweet. Um, Just so you know... My phone is at 25%, but it should make it through. And if not, I'll just pick up – I have a wireless charger I could set it on.
0: Okay. We'll (laughs) try to keep it brief today. I mean, I got a couple things to go and hit.
1: Yeah. Um, If you've got any talking points, that'd be great. I've got about six corners that I can address, uh, as well as some of the top safeties, two of the top safeties. Okay.
0: And then I took um, a look at the edge rusher, so we should have enough to talk about there.
1: Sweet. Sounds good.
0: All right, should we get into it? Because yep. let's just uh get into the pod and we could start talking about other stuff. Do you want to end this recording and start another one or just no? I could just edit it out. I'll just roll into the uh to the pod. Sounds good. All right, here we go. What up? How's it going, yards Birds Nation? How's everybody doing today? It is Monday. March 2nd day after the end of the combine. I'm sitting here in my apartment. John, I also sitting assume, in my apartment. I can assume you're doing the same. Yep. And uh yeah, it's Monday. How was uh yeah. the weekend?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's how I feel right now at 8:30 at night and just kind of uh Dude, slogging along um it, it was, it, i had a yeah. good i had a good weekend how was yours how much this combine did you did you actually watch live
0: so i probably watch the same amount as i normally do i know they made a big deal about it being in prime time but i don't know that that made me watch any more of it you I know probably what caught go ahead
1: it it sounds it sounds almost uh almost silly but i almost rather would watch it when it's during something else, like if I have something else going on during the day, yeah. I can like occasionally peek in on the results or like throw it on quick on my phone over lunch. It feels a lot um yeah, you know what i mean if like it's it's kinda exciting, it's kinda like March madness uh the first couple days of march madness when you're you're still at work or or school or whatever, and just trying to catch some of the games or like the end of the first couple set of games and i kind of like that i mean i don't mind having it during the day on sunday and saturday but it almost turned me off a little bit from watching it like i've got other things to do at night
0: yeah i i feel the same way and i heard a couple people who said the same thing and they said they don't want to watch the combine as the main event but it's almost like that Really comforting TV show to have on in the background, so you're falling <laughs> <laughs> asleep, you know, like yeah, that's not really what you're paying attention to, but it's just nice to have it there.
1: Just because it's on TV doesn't mean, or just because I may have it on TV doesn't mean I'm watching it
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: And I heard too that speaking of the later nights, that I believe some of these times and events were slower this year than they had been in the past. I don't know how much truth there is to it. And that was like after night two. So, you know, to be determined whether, how much weight that holds, but.
0: Okay. Well, speaking of nightly events, we have to address one thing before we get started with combine
1: results. That is
0: how was game night?
1: (laughs) Game night was good. Yeah. I had a couple friends over last night and, uh, Game night wound up going a little later than I expected it to, which is why we're talking okay. on Monday now. But it was good. We played a new game. Now, called... what kind
0: of games were we talking? Were these your standard Monopoly, Life, etc. type of games? Or were these more no, we, we played games?
1: we played a game called Wingspan. It was the first time I've ever played Wingspan. And yes. okay. it was It was a fun game. It just took a really long time to wrap your head around how it's supposed to work It's a really fun game once i figured yeah. it out it's uh the premise of it is going to sound ridiculous but the premise of it is that you're a you're like interested in birds to some degree maybe you're like a, a okay bird breeder or like a. I i think one of my cards said i was an anatomist
0: what's it, that term called? and an, an, not an apiary that's for bees but like an aviary aviary yeah that's a-viary. where i think they house burns right <laughs> yeah yeah you should know that being on an eagles podcast or
1: yeah a bird birds podcast. podcast yeah it was it was a cool game though i liked it
0: okay yeah i know your friend josh is really good with getting really cool board yeah games he's got a lot about, of really so.
1: he's got a really a lot of really awesome yeah. games to play so it was it was fun okay cool Yeah. Anyway, how was your weekend?
0: It was good, man. I spent all day Sunday either watching tape or other stuff.
1: More committed to the game than I am right now.
0: (laughs) Well, I dude, so Saturday I was out, right? And I sometimes have trouble falling asleep, right? Right. And I was out at Dick's walking around shopping. And I saw this new sleeping aid, right? So, all right, looks pretty good. I looked it up real quick online, did a little quick Google research, found that, you know, I had some pretty high reviews. So, okay, I'll try it. I think you can see where this story is going. <laughs> I um, don't know, actually. Go Saturday on. night. Tell okay. Me. Well, Saturday night, I take this pill and woke up at 1230
1: the next day. Holy smokes.
0: Yeah, what was so, it? it's melatonin.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've 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 used it before to sleep, and I guess melatonin's what it's good at isn't necessarily putting you to sleep, but it's keeping you asleep.
0: Well, it did which that it's just extremely exactly, well. It worked. Let me tell you, it
1: worked. How much? How much of it did you take? I think they're only in like they're in uh, very see. small doses. Right like three it, milligrams. It was one.
0: It was one tablet, which has looks like 100 milligrams 100 milligrams Does that sound right to you no maybe not three milligrams three milligrams, <laughs> three milligrams. okay
1: that sounds okay. right to me <laughs> you can tell i don't
0: work in the health industry <laughs>
1: like 100 milligrams. They'd be i'd still They'd be asleep you'd still be asleep dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: well okay that's good to know then y- now i've yeah. got a gauge on how much of this stuff to take? Yeah, don't
1: okay. take 100 milligrams. Don't tell anyone well, to take 100 milligrams. There you milligrams. go. For everyone this else way. out
0: there, 100 milligrams is not the appropriate amount of melatonin to take. <laughs> you heard it here from your friendly neighborhood dentist.
1: So anyway, what... uh
0: guess we should talk about this combine a little bit. Yeah, I suppose we should.
1: Yeah. Or just about some of the people you watched. What did you watch this week? Would you spend yeah. all Sunday working on?
0: <clears throat> so... Some of the some of the guys I I took a peek at this weekend, I was able to finish a couple grades, but I didn't finish all of my edge rusher grades. I haven't finished all of my evaluations, but when I was looking at that group, somebody who stuck out that obviously everyone is talking about is Chase Young, right? right. And he didn't work out at the combine. He didn't participate in any of the events. I know he went and interviewed, and he was there, but he didn't do any of the drills. Probably didn't need to, right? Right. And yeah, I, typically... I mean, like
1: he's already being considered the guy. So yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that's you know deserved praise. When you turn on the film, a couple of things are immediately obvious when you look at him. He just looks so much bigger and more athletic. Than everyone else he plays with, and I think that's pretty important. Like especially when you play for a team like Ohio State, where you're playing with all five or four star recruits, to jump off the film like that really right. says something. Like it's a it's really a testament to him and his athleticism, and he just has the size, the length. He's got a pretty chiseled look and a physique, and when you watch him play, I watched him playing against Michigan it was last year there was a snap where he fires off the ball and he is already behind the right tackles hip before the other defensive end got out of his stance <laughs> it's crazy I mean I rewound that play probably two or three times and I'm just I couldn't believe it I'm well, like, it's
1: disgusting when someone can be so good on the stats sheet and then back it up on on tape. Because yeah. a lot of times you see, you know, people people rack up a lot of sacks because, you know, they just happen to get a couple you broken uh I don't know, you get a, a tackle that gets out yeah. of formation super right. late or like yep. a, a missed assignment and he they just pack up pick up a bunch of random sacks, but like he he works for his and he's got so what, 16 and a half sacks is here. My goodness. Six forced fumbles.
0: Incredible statistics. And I was taking some notes when I was watching his film. And the last note I had before I finished up my evaluation was, in all caps, BEAST. Period. Next.
1: Yeah. No
0: need to continue with the evaluation. I watched three of his games. He was incredible in all three of them. I mean, he does have a little bit of untapped potential there, right? He's a little bit raw. Like, you can definitely see the way he plays the run in particular. He's not refined. He can, you know, use some work, you know, trying to split double teams, take on double teams, even just trying to bubble on the edge there and read that tackle to try to determine where the play is developing and, you know, make the appropriate move. So there's a lot of work to be done um, you know, when he gets to the next level. So he didn't get a perfect grade for me, but you know, he's yeah, certainly earned I mean, a top 10 grade by,
1: by far. I think, I think for, for someone like them, it's, it's, it doesn't, there doesn't need to be much said. It's kind of um to a lesser degree, m- a much lesser degree for that matter. But when we talked about Jerry Judy and CD lamb, how we kind of talked about them briefly and then kind of kept going because they're just, they're very good. They've been talked about to death. And then mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the end. Like you you've heard the whole story. You oh know? yeah. Oh, so yeah. who else who else looks good to you? So
0: a couple other guys I took a look at um the net, he's the consensus number 2 Clavon Chason.
1: Yeah, you know. I I when did he start to gain steam because maybe I just hadn't been paying attention to mm-hmm. the to the defensive line and edge rushers. But it seems like he kind of snuck. Yeah, he's kind of slid
0: into that number two spot. And similar to the defensive tackle position, you've got a clear-cut number one elite prospect. And then that second group has probably two to three, maybe even four guys that everybody probably has ranked differently depending on the way you grade. But uh, Chaseon was my number two as well. Um, Something that... um, stands out with him is his speed he's very quick off the ball he's fast okay i mean that's reflected in his combine statistics too
1: would you call him a pass rush specialist or would you or is he more well-rounded than that a lot of times he's he's more well-rounded than that i mean he
0: he can develop certainly into um a, a complete player at the next level i mean he's not somebody who's going to strictly be a pass rush specialist, pass rush specialist. Like, okay, say that correctly. Um, we got it. You know, he he's got the tools to do everything. You know, and he can stop the run a little bit. He does lack a little bit of that bulk that you see in Chase Young. So, you know, at the college level, when you're just trying to hunt quarterbacks, you can kind of see how you know stopping the run is not as important. You know, yeah, especially when you play I feel at like Comparing
1: him to uh to Chase Young is is a little unfair. Yeah, <laughs> certainly.
0: I yeah, I agree. Comparing anybody <laughs> with a player like Chase Young's a little <laughs> bit unfair. So that's that's certainly true. Um and you know like I was saying when you play when you play at a school like LSU, right? You're never gonna get a complete I guess you could say film repertoire right you're never going to be asked to do everything because the guys you're playing with are so good right you're playing with elite corners safeties interior defensive linemen elite linebackers like we've seen in the recent uh last couple drafts so you know he's not really expected to do everything um at an elite level because he doesn't have to right i mean he's not playing on a team where he used to carry all the load. so you know you notice him rushing the passer you could see him. He was able to stop the run from time to time here, or there. He certainly needs to work on it, but you know he could definitely be a three-down player at the next level with a little bit of work.
1: Good, cool. You think that's uh, someone that that may wind up sliding down to the Eagles' draft position? I know that edge rusher is isn't as prevalent in need as mm-hmm. maybe some other positions, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be ignoring it if I were the Eagles. I mean, they like to rotate defensive linemen.
0: Oh, certainly. Yeah, they They put a premium on having that kind of hockey line where you roll one guy out or one guys Yeah, keep of guys everybody out, fresh. Pull them out, put another set of guys in, kind of doing it like that to keep everybody fresh. They weren't really able to do that last year because of the injuries and the lack of depth at the position. Even in the interior line, you know, Fletcher Cox played – an unprecedented amount of snaps for the Eagles. Yeah, well, it's
1: it's tough when everybody except Fletcher Cox is is <laughs> off and on injured all the time.
0: Yeah, and your second best uh, defensive lineman who played every game. I don't even know if they had a guy that played every game. Now that I think about it, Timmy Jernigan wasn't on the roster all sixteen games. So that's uh definitely a position to watch. You know, like going into the draft, I don't think the eagles are going to take a defensive lineman or an edge rusher with the first round pick but i wouldn't be shocked if they did certainly wouldn't be shocked if they did
1: yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't put defensive line past this past this team i think that it's really hard to to predict anything other than receiver just with the like incredible depth that this receiver class has and the Eagles obvious need for, for talent there. it's it's really hard to, to go in any other direction, but Mm -hmm. it's worth keeping these things like these things open in your, in your head. They said that Andre Dillard to them was a top 10 uh, pick. And if they think, if they think, you know, one of these edge rushers is a top 10 guy and they slide to, to them at 21, then, It's not going to matter how good some of these receivers are.
0: And I can certainly see Jason being one of those players. Okay. You know, really young guy, uh, similar to Derek Barnett in that sense, where he, I don't even know if he's 21 years old yet. He might just turn 21, but he's really young, shows a lot of promise, quick burst. I mean, if they drafted him, he would easily be uh, their quickest player off the ball, you know, Mm -hmm. in a password situation much quicker than Barnett, much quicker than Graham at this point in his career. I mean, yes. Sweat's shown some potential, but um, this guy's much burstier. Like the, like the draft guys like to say, twitched up.
1: Yeah, it's funny. that I love that phrase, twitched up, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny that, that that's pretty much what Derek Barnett was lauded as being incredible at, was being super speedy, super agile, deep, Uh, He has a deep speed rush around the edge. We really don't see it all that much as as he plays on the Eagles right now.
0: Yeah, at the next level, he just doesn't have elite burst or quickness around the edge. Now, I do think Barnett gets an unfair shake at times from analysts and from fans. Yeah, I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. He's certainly their best pass rusher right now. Well, they're not giving
1: him that much credit, so... (laughs)
0: Yeah, they're not giving him that much credit. That's definitely true. But if you look at the statistics, I mean, he's been their most consistent pass rusher when he's healthy. Now, that's a big if, right? That's been a concern early in his career. And I think that's why people think the Eagles could go edge rusher early in the draft, because they don't think Barnett's going to be the elite number one pass rusher that they need. I kind of am on the fence on whether Barnett could be an elite number one. Right now, he's not. I think he could be similar to how Brandon Graham grew into it or, or later into his career. Um,
1: yeah, he's still only 23 years old. He's, so, got he's some still very young. I mean,
0: <clears throat> you're talking he's younger right now than some of the guys coming out in the draft this year. Think about that. And he's already played three years in the NFL.
1: Yeah, that gives him a significant leg up.
0: Significant leg up. And if I were the Eagles, I would be looking at a long-term extension to Derek Barnett in the very near future because they have a tendency to lock up core players early. We see this with guys like Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz. All these guys got locked up early on in their rookie contracts, and the benefit of doing it, you get them for a better deal, right? If you lock up Barnett now and he has a monster breakout season next year or the year after – the number's gonna be much lower than if you waited and waited and waited. Similar to what the Cowboys are doing with Dak Prescott.
1: Right. Speaking of uh speaking of guys who are a little older in this draft class, he said uh Derek Barnett was younger than a lot of them. Did you see that quote from Trey Adams this week?
0: No. What quote's I don't,
1: that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I don't know how PG or not this this podcast is gonna wind up being. Yeah. But fly. Uh, it's he uh I'll have to send you the link. I'm not going to do it justice. But they asked him if if he could change anything about himself, what would he change? And he 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 sat and he thought about it for a while. He's kind of gritting his teeth and he's like, bigger dick.
0: Hey, (laughs) got (laughs) to respect the honesty.
1: The reporters had no idea what to do with it. You just hear like they laughed and there was like a brief silence. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like, uh, what, what about, what about in football? Like, I mean, I the man's listed six foot
0: eight. I mean, you he's know, a big
1: boy, yeah. You gotta he, uh,
0: imagine, you know, he's in good shape down there, but I don't know, maybe not.
1: Who knows? I don't know. I just got to kick out it's of it. It's cold up in Washington. You never know. Like you prepare, how much do they prepare you for these interviews, and then that's what he, that's what he rails off. I got to kick out of it.
0: See, I think that'd be funny. Like, if I was in an NFL yeah, I think, and it's, like, 10 guys, you're getting grilled, and somebody asks a question like that, think about what it takes to just fire off an answer like yeah. that just to break the mood a little bit. Like, that's a good yeah. quality in a guy, wouldn't you think?
1: I think so. He's, like, a normal person, if that yeah. makes sense. But yeah, also, he's a normal guy. also, I'm sure there are teams that, like, there's probably some old heads, like Tom Coughlin's out there, like, well, grumbling under his breath. I don't know.
0: I don't think Tom Coughlin's around anymore. I think after the Jags parted ways with him, I think he's out.
1: You never know where he could be. He could be anywhere.
0: But I, I get <laughs> I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? You're certainly. Yeah. like Bill Belichick would not laugh at that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Either that or you'd think it's hilarious. For some reason, yeah. I think in my head, Bill Belichick might get a kick out of that.
0: I think Hoodie's got a weird sense of humor. He I could probably... see him having like a really weird sense of humor and finding something like that funny.
1: He probably does. It's I like when he's laughing at uh, using that uh that sneaky trick he was using this this year with uh, running time off the clock. Uh, We're getting off we're getting off base here. What else as far as these (laughs) edge rushers as far as these edge rushers go? because I'm sure you've looked at more than two of them, and I'm just filling space here with funny things that I'm thinking of.
0: No, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Yeah. So just to finish out, kind of the rest of the guys that you would think to be in the top. Say twenty to thirty picks in the draft. Um, the next couple guys are kind of grouped together, like I said, you got Chase on you got AJ Epinenza, and you've got Gros Matos from Penn State. Right. Those three guys are kind of thought of as that second tier.
1: Yeah, um, I watched a couple of these guys. Yeah. what do you think about and Gross Matos? So, uh, Epinenza and Grosmatos? So Epenesa, How do you pronounce how do you pronounce Gross Matos is his first name. Is it Yeter? Yeter. Yeter. All right. Gross Matos it is. Yeah. YGM. Just call him
0: GM. YGM. Yep. YGM. There you go.
1: Excellent. So
0: when I looked at Epinenza, he's a player. He's bigger than Chase on, right? Like he's a guy that is going to be a lot more stout in the run game. Are my he's
1: notifications got... coming through over the the over the, uh, the recording?
0: Oh no. What notifications are these?
1: Oh, just I'm getting texts and and it popped up in my ears, but I didn't know. Oh no. Okay. I
0: thought you were trying to send me something over the No, over the no, I didn't recording. mean
1: to totally cut you off, but I'm just oh, getting good. a bunch of motiv- notifications right now and Yeah. I didn't want No, I haven't to noticed anything the whole time. Going over you. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry.
0: Okay. No problem. Um so yeah, to finish out Epinenza, uh you know, bigger, thicker guy. Certainly is going to be more stout in the run game. He's probably your truest plug-and-play day-one starter. Yeah, right? I, can I could do agree. with Everything that. well, you know, he's going to be able to play off um, all three downs. You know, effectively, he's not the best pass rusher in this class. When you look at pure athleticism, you know, he struggled at the combine a bit. His bench press was a little bit shocking which is uh, i would strange. say
1: yeah he's and his i expected him to run i mean I, I don't i didn't expect him to be blazing fast in his 40 because i think he's got good vertical speed or vertical speed what am i saying like lateral speed um but mm-hmm. i was surprised that it was as slow as it was i thought he was a little faster than that
0: yeah i mean 5 seconds isn't like awful it's not a like an absolute you know backbreaker but it's certainly not good right I mean when you're looking at um who's that offensive tackle from Louisville who's like 360 pounds when he runs a 5-1 uh,
1: uh Makai Becton yeah
0: when yeah, Makai Becton at 360 runs a 5-1 and Eponenza's 100 pounds lighter running a five zero. yeah
1: yeah, no. that's that's a little concerning. Like, again, a tough comparison, but yeah, I think he was he was a little a little slow. It's funny actually. They compare him almost the most his second most similar comparison on mock draftable to his combine was uh Matos' combine, which is which is kind of funny. They've been keeping these stats since like the combine has started. They yeah. almost got identical or not identical, but they've got very similar Spider charts.
0: Yeah, Gross Mato's struggled in a lot of the same categories, right? The bench press, he didn't perform very well. Um, He didn't do a lot of tests. Yeah, he didn't do a lot of tests, but I don't think he ran the 40. And if he did, I'm not seeing a...
1: Based on his film, I would not have run the 40 if I were him either. (sighs) (laughs) Well, based
0: on what I saw on tape, he's... A little bit burstier than Epinenza. I would say he would have ran faster. He just looked a little bit quicker on film. A little bit taller, a little bit blankier. But I don't know. The two of them are really comparable in the sense that Epinenza and Gross Matos are probably on equal footing talent-wise, but they do things very differently, right? Gross Matos is much better in – just pure pass rush situations, you know, his length really stands out. He gets around guys a lot easier, bends pretty well, doesn't play the run as well, you know. it's kind of like the inverse of where Repenenza definitely plays the run a little bit better. Stout has a little bit more strength. That's what
1: I had written down about, about Gross Matos too, is that he's just inconsistent more than anything, yes, I saw that's, against that's the run. Point. Sometimes he was solid and could come down and make the play, but just as often he was getting crushed off the line. And yeah. I also read he had a pretty slick outside to inside pass rush move. And he mm-hmm. wins a, wins a lot on his feet with uh, change of direction and lateral movement. Yeah, crashes down the line pretty well. Um, but I was I, I I liked what I saw out of him. I I think that. I liked Epenesa a little bit more, but I'd I, agree. I did like Gross yeah. Matos as well.
0: What I did like about Eponenza's pass rush style was he was much more willing to hit a second move. You know, he had that prototypical high motor that scouts are looking for, where yes. his first move doesn't work. He's very willing to hit a second move and explore he's all of his options.
1: Recklessly determined is the word yes. that I put on here. He winds up on the ground way more often than you want to see That's, in an edge rusher. Yeah. But it's because he's, he, he'll let himself get off of balance, which not ideal. But he'll be damned if he's not going to try to make a, a big play on the quarterback. I thought his athleticism mm-hmm. uh, jumped off the tape a little bit and that he was pretty explosive. But I, I think you're seeing that in Gross more than uh, Epinesa, the way that it sounds to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. so I would say those guys are pretty comparable talent-wise. Okay. I would say if I had to pick between the two, it depends on the situation you know, you're kind of looking for. I'd say Kuros okay. Matos is probably more apt if you want to stand him up in a 3-4 to be kind of an outside guy. Okay. Uh, Epadenza, you could probably put his hand in the dirt a little bit easier and win from day one.
1: I bet but. Epinesa would be a good fit for a team that, that runs that NASCAR formation often. He would be a good situational inside pass rusher, I feel like. Maybe I'm to- I am could be totally off base and thinking, how heavy was he? 266. Nope, nope, nope. That's most gross Matos. 270. set.
0: 275. 275.
1: I think you, you could bump him inside if you had to and, and rush him if you're going to uh, – if you're gonna go like a wide night and try to get an inside, yeah, like an inside like move an edge ins- inside,
0: mm-hmm.
1: C- like the like the Eagles do with Brandon Graham. There, I don't know if I already said that. <laughs> Losing no, that's my mind a great
0: point. No, you're good.
1: <laughs> Who I, else I you got?
0: Care. Well, I, I don't want to get too much into pass rushers, you know, like because okay. once we get a little bit deeper into the draft, you really start to get more. Specific, right? Guys are yes. really lacking in certain categories or certain athletic traits, and
1: you get specialists.
0: You get specialists, right?
1: Because is that's... there any anyone that you really liked or disliked? Like any anyone that I mean, I'm I'm just you know asking to ask, but did yeah. anyone really kind of disgust you with their film, or or jump out at all, or is it just kind of you know hitting the targets and picking which flavor you like.
0: I think Julian Aquara, is that how you say okay. it? Okay, Aquara, Aquara. Yeah. He, he has some interesting traits. You know, he's over 6'4". Um, he's a little light at 250, but I think he could be an interesting prospect at the next level.
1: How did they play um, him? I haven't watched him at all. He sounds like one of those guys they stand up and drop into coverage a lot. 250? That's light.
0: That's light. Like, he's a guy that at the next level, if he doesn't put on weight, he's going to be in the 3-4, right? He's going to be a guy that's going to stand up. You know, like he's somebody that I could see. Yeah, yeah, like maybe a team like the Steelers taking the second round. You know, they love playing those 3-4 outside pass rushers. You know, he's definitely a second-round guy. Um, You know, I could see him being intriguing at the next level, but, you know, I I, I don't know. Past past that first group that we talked about, you really start to get into the – into the weeds of what you're looking for as a, as a team. Um, I don't know. You don't really see a lot of elite pass rushers or even great pass rushers uh, develop out of the first round. That really seems to be like a position where if you're not a first rounder, it's really hard to make it.
1: I, I agree with that. There are the only ones that I see, I think succeed with some regularity are the ones that come in as dedicated pass rushers and i swear they wind up turning into something else but they always they they tend to do better than some of the others i mean if you think of vinnie curry was later around sure. pick there you go same with uh, ngakwe, uh Yannick uh ngakwe he mm-hmm. was uh he came out as you know people said all he can do is rush the passer and and he's going to get paid this off season and even if you still say all he can do is rush the passer uh, that's a valuable role in today's NFL. So,
0: hey, I heard a rumor today he's going to get franchise
1: tagged. Yeah, so I saw that. He's going to get he, paid. He immediately put out a like a long tweet in response yeah. to it that that was like, "Please don't franchise tag me in sure. the in the in the nicest in the nicest way. Like, I love my time in Jacksonville, but let me leave."
0: Yeah, I mean, even a guy like Daniil Hunter, he was a third round pick, right? I mean, he worked out very well for minnesota i think the guys who do tend to work a little bit from later rounds also get placed into very advantageous situations right you're playing in a defense where you have already got an everson griffin a good interior line great linebackers a good secondary so that just allows you to develop a little bit more as a player it gives you more leeway for mistakes and allows you to really play a little bit more recklessly um just seems to work out a little bit better for guys like that, but right. Yeah, I think, I think the guys, you know, you're really going to hear about uh, from here on out, you know, after the draft and for years to come, it's going to be somebody in that first group of four or five guys.
1: Yeah, it's most of the time it is. Most of the time, the, yeah. It's it's not like linebackers where you can pick one in the third or fourth round that has that you could tell has like good vision or something. That, sure. that is going to play smart football for you. Either they're either they're great or they're going to get run over every play.
0: No doubt. Now let's get into the safeties and cornerbacks a little bit. Yeah, uh, want to touch on those guys because it's a really deep group this year. It's an interesting group. There's a lot of teams who need everything, right? it's safeties a, and corners.
1: At corner, it's a weird group this year because after Akuda it gets really hairy um, mm-hmm. and it's I've seen people jump all around draft boards on other sites and through other draft analysts and everybody kind of likes some different cornerbacks and it is okay. it is difficult to get a good grip on you know none of them outside of Akuda, uh, I've got I've got two that I like more than others and then past that there's they just all have good traits. There's a lot of good corners. There're not a lot of great corners. Yeah. There are not there are high upside corners, there are low upside, high floor corners. There's like a little bit of everything and they all seem to want to be second round picks. <laughs> now,
0: I think cornerback specifically maybe above any other position you draft. Has so much to do with the scheme you play, right? It has to do with what kind of coverages do you run? Are you asked to play press? You asked to play man, zone, off, bump and run. There's so many different ways to play the cornerback position. It kind of seems like the cornerback needs to be drafted into the right situation for them to succeed, have good coaching. So, I've seen a lot of mocks of C.J. Henderson to Philadelphia. Yes. Okay. Now, I haven't watched very much tape on Henderson, but I have read up on him, who he is as a player. And something that concerns me is the fact that he lacks that alpha dog mentality in a similar way to Sidney Jones.
1: Yeah, he's kind of like a quieter player. He, He sits down and he plays his game.
0: Yeah, I think that's a problem in a Jim Schwartz defense. What do you think?
1: Yes and no. I mean, there's a lot of – like, the psychology behind it isn't – I don't care about the psychology behind it, personally. Like, it doesn't matter to me, yeah. even a little bit. To me, that's, that's their shtick. You know, if, if you want to chat all game and run your mouth – that's fine. But if you're going to sit there, be silent, shut up and do a good job. I yeah. have I have no problem with that. I think that that's just uh I I go off what I see on tape and on tape he's he's a good corner. I like CJ Henderson. He's uh he's something some something. Someone who I would be happy with the Eagles taking at at yeah. 21. He's he's one of two corners cuz Akuda isn't realistic. Uh Quick note on Okuda, he's he's a little good at everything and very mm-hmm. athletic, and he just plays corner very, very, very well. He's going to deservedly get one of those top ten, possibly even top five picks. Uh,
0: yeah, I've, see, I've heard Okuda talked about as a generational type cornerback.
1: Yeah, there's one every year. I like some more than others. Some people are low on Okuda compared to other years, I like Akuda more than I liked Lattimore or. Uh, uh, well, I'm blanking on his name. The the Denzel Browns Ward. Denzel Ward. Thank you. I like Akuda more than them, and those have been the you know the most recent ones. Not more than Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's he would be your generational corner.
0: I agree with that. I don't think people give Ramsey enough uh, cred. Now I mean, he's just although, a phenomenal player, phenomenal talent coming out. Yeah. I love the guy.
1: I think Akuta is he's just talented at ever. I mean, it, it's it's easy for me to sit here and be like, oh, he's good at everything. Yeah. But I mm-hmm. mean, he's super sticky in his coverage. He's a good tackler. He's he wants to shed blocks. He wants to be involved in plays, which says a lot for a lot of corners, especially at his uh at his play level. Um He'll he'll sometimes play a little too predictively, I thought, and okay. and and lose a route. But he's so athletic that he, he he makes up for it well, and he's very twitched up. Being twitched up, I know you mentioned it for edge rushers. For corner, it's like a requirement. You know, I if, agree. If you're a if you're going to a first round corner, it's a requirement. So going back to CJ Henderson, I thought as a man coverage corner, he's very sticker, sticky. Uh, His his zone coverage not as great. If if you're planning on dropping C J Henderson into his zone every play, I think you're I think you're wasting the talent that he is. He's a big guy and he's an athletic guy. He's twitched up and he plays great man corner. He's the type of guy who could quietly be an elite corner. It's so hard to predict corners coming into the NFL. They I it it might just. It might just be uh, the narrative that I prefer to follow, but I think that they they must have high, one of the highest bust rates of any position. They're just unpredictable. And I think that he's someone who has the traits to be an elite corner if you're going to let him man up against who he's covering. Now, he's not he's not necessarily an aggressive tackler, but he didn't disappoint me with his... With his tackling skills, and he—I uh, don't know—he's—he's he's got a little—he's got a little bit of everything in the man coverage game. Yeah, he's got solid, I I... solid speed, solid makeup skill, or uh, solid speed and solid makeup speed. I yeah, think, I guess they're—they're they're two different types of speed. Like he can go deep with someone, and he can recover after being beat on right. a route, but he—he he rarely is. Uh, I don't know where you
0: place tackling Among your list of traits That you find important But I think that is the most Irrelevant trait For a corner (laughs) to have That's just my opinion Because that is like the last thing I'm asking my corner to do If you're basing your Evaluation of a player Especially a corner Off of tackling That's like you know Saying I, you know a chef, well, you know he doesn't organize his you know utensils very well, well, who cares right like he does everything else <laughs> well like that's that's really why you're there so, i think I, I don't know what do you think is 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 tackling that important for a cornerback
1: mm, I don't think your tackling skills are as important as your willingness. I don't like players who I'll, I'll I'll find an example today of of someone who shied away, but when when someone is afraid to look involved in the play, like Ronald uh, Darby, yes, that's a great example. <laughs> when, Speaking
0: of allergic to contact,
1: yeah, when you're like questioning whether he really wants to be in on the play, it does not. It, it just—it's like, what are you doing on the field? If you don't want to play football, get off the field. Yeah, you know, totally I, agree. I think that at, at the end of the day, you still have to be a football player. You could tell me that you could be a running back that doesn't, doesn't like contact. You're not going to have very much fun. But you're—I don't know. I know where I'm going with this comparison. It made sense in my head before it started coming out of my mouth.
0: <laughs> no, I no, I think it's a good comparison, right? It's like if you join the Marine Corps, no matter what you do. The saying is you're a rifleman first, right? No matter if you're a desk clerk or you're on the front line, you are trained as a rifleman. And that is your number one priority above all else. And football players are the same way, right? No matter what position you play, offense, defense, well, maybe not quarterback on offense, but especially on defense, you need to be able to tackle or at least be willing to take on contact
1: if if you like whiff every single tackle the amount of yards you're going to lose in and the amount of big plays that you're going to give up is it's just gross and it's going to look bad every time that you do that on on tape you can be a shutdown corner all day and yep. unless you're getting 10 picks a season which you're not people will still be upset about all the times that you let someone buy you and just kind of fell over instead of trying to tackle him. Christian Fulton was one person. That's I, I had to look through all my notes and see who it okay. was. I said that uh, <laughs> I wish I wish he looks a little more interested in making a tackle. <laughs> he, But he's... I mean, while we're on, I guess – do you have anything else about uh, C.J. Henderson or any other questions about him? I thought I thought he was pretty... –
0: Now, we can, we can start wrapping up some of these corners and move on yeah. to some of these other guys.
1: Yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought Fulton was – he was very – again, sticky. He's the other one I would be happy with the Eagles taking after I go on that rant about you know tackling and how I wish he would, he would look like he wants to tackle a little more. Uh, okay. he, he winds up getting behind so – he doesn't navigate the field very well. But it almost looks like he doesn't want to navigate the field very well. Like, he, he'll get caught up on a block and just be like, okay. This yeah,
0: is- he's like, I'll, I'm, I'm ha- done with
1: this play. Yeah, I'll safely hang out over here. He flips his hips so fast, and he stays with the receiver well. In uh, He's mostly in man coverage. Uh, he may not have the long speed that you want, or I didn't think he might have the long speed. I don't know how his combine came through. How did his combine look? It, it just Holton. seemed... Yeah, he he had a fine 40. He wasn't – he had a good combine in general. Yeah, he
0: had a pretty he, good he was, day.
1: He had an average day. He didn't – he looks like he didn't blow anybody away one way or the other. But, man, he flips his, his hips fast. That's what really jumped out of the, off the film to me. And he just – he stuck with his men well. I mean I, I'm not giving very – this is not exactly a detailed scouting report here. Um, hey, that's I, all right. I, again, I, I didn't think he was much of a tackler. Uh, I thought that he was, he had very tight coverage, except for uh, he had some in. It seemed like every game he got crushed on a deep, a deep in route, like a 20 yard okay. in that he couldn't recover from. And his recovery speed concerned me a little bit, but he seems twitched up and agile. He, 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 it almost sounds like he's like a small timid guy when he's playing, but he's not, he didn't look. He's pretty big. Timid. I mean, he's
0: listed at almost six feet tall.
1: Yeah. He, he's, I thought he was a very average sized corner. Yeah. And I, I thought that he had really good ball skills. Uh, and that's he was, important. He, the other thing I thought, what impressed me what I thought, uh, made him worthy of a first round pick was that he could play tight coverage very well without drawing any flags or even looking like he's interfering. He's, he was someone who he, he he would have a ball thrown to them. And even if he didn't get a hand on it, he just smothers the guy. I mean, it, he, yeah. he, he really makes it hard for receivers to run their routes well. And I, I, I like gotcha. what I saw from him. Gotcha.
0: Is there anybody else you wanted to talk about from the corner position before we move on to safety here quick?
1: No, I had a problem with A.J. Terrell's name. He sounds more like a linebacker than a corner, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Terrell. That yeah. sounds, sounds like a very linebacker name.
0: I'd agree. So, for the safety position, there seems to be a consensus top two players. You've got McKinney from Alabama. You've got Delpit from LSU. I think I've seen in most mock drafts McKinney going first, uh, Delpit going second somewhere, anywhere from 25 to 30 to the second round. Do you agree with those assessments, or do you like one guy or the other, or are they that similar talent-wise where they're more or less interchangeable depending on what you like?
1: Uh, I think they're a very pick-your-flavor type guy. I think that the Grant Delpit is the harder – talent to find because I think that he wins his game more off of athleticism and just flying around the field uh, I mean, he's he plays, a big dude he's like, big he's, he his, his game speed is as soon as he he diagnoses plays and breaks on them lightning mm-hmm. quick and I think that'll go far for him I think that he understands his role really well in the game, but he's, I don't know. He's, he's, he's not someone that you can just, he's not someone that you can have as your last line of defense or something. I, I, I likened him to, I would not, I do not think he is near the talent of Jamal Adams, but he reminded me a little bit of Jamal Adams, but I didn't think that he was as good, behind the line of scrimmage. He was up there all the time. Uh, again, I, I'm you know, comparing LSU safety to LSU safety. So yeah, they probably just looked the same to me and, and I compared to them. But he's he looks like he's made in a strong safety mold, but he may be more of a, a true free safety.
0: He's a big guy when for he, a free safety. That'd be a, when he's that'd pl- be a good... That's, uh,
1: that's why I good,
0: think it's... Uh, you know
1: benefit of his i i think that he's hard to to place where exactly you want him i think he's 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 very good at what he does but if you're going to try to put him in just a strong safety or just a free safety mold i think you leave something to be desired in both situations i mean you put him in a strong safety you put him in a strong safety role i think he flies around really well but he may not be the coverage man that you want him to be when you have to have him, you know, line up over a tight end or something. Okay. And you could keep him in a free safety role, but then you're not utilizing the bulkiness he has to him. I mean, he's, he's built like a strong safety. Yeah.
0: Sometimes that scares teams off, right? If you don't really know what the player is, you're like, well, he does everything well, but he doesn't have a home. Sometimes it kind of scares teams away because they're like, well, where do we play him? We don't want to build a new defense around this guy just because he's really good. Yeah. So sometimes those kind of guys. Yeah, he's like a tweener. Sometimes those kind of guys will slip in the draft. Um, So I don't know if he makes out of the first round. You know, some sources are saying that he's going to be a first round pick. Some are saying that he's going to drop to the end of the second round. So
1: I would not be um, surprised if he went before the Eagles picked and I wouldn't be surprised if Really? He was there. It's just it's like if someone likes him, they love him. Like he's yeah. not he's not someone who you look at and you're like, "Oh, you know what? He'll be like a fine like late day one pick for us if nobody else is there." No, if if you see him you're like, damn, I love that skill set. We need this player for okay. our defense. I don't think there's much in between. I think he's going to go a little higher than you expect him to go, which okay. I almost feel the opposite about Xavier McKinney. Now, I think that generally speaking, I think they both could have – one could go above the other. I think Xavier McKinney's almost in the opposite mold. I think he's the most responsible of responsible safeties to me. He has the athleticism to be a playmaker but he refrains from it a lot of time because
0: yeah he he's okay. that
1: t- he's like a team leader mold he's he reminds me of watching the tape on derwin james derwin james drove me nuts sometimes because i know he could jump in there and make a play like 2 yards before he did but he keeps himself in position at all times so that like he's never out of position you will never right be he upset. always
0: knows where to be
1: yes he's you know you'll never he's never going to be make the wrong play you're not going to see broken coverages with him in coverage and you're not going to see running backs break a break a long run so long as he's the last line of defense felt the same way about xavier mckinney okay very versatile little everything
0: i don't know that we need to belabor the safeties too much no Um, those
1: those are the only two i
0: yeah i I think those are the only two guys people are really excited about the others are You know, kind of hit or miss or interchangeable. But I did want to get to a couple other uh, topics before we wrap up for the night. Yep. One of them is Eagles related. And I heard a rumor over the weekend that the Eagles are interested or willing to shop Andre Dillard, their first round pick from last year.
1: I believe I read this rumor as well.
0: You saw this? I didn't see see a
1: specific rumor. I saw something about it, and I couldn't find any more information on it and gave up.
0: So there was one – this is important to note. There is one media personality who mentioned this rumor, right? He's not a reporter, right? He's not breaking news regularly, but he often – and you'll have to forgive me. I forget the guy's name. Was this a
1: Zerline rumor?
0: Yeah, this was line. Yeah, yep, this is it. Yeah, he's yep, line.
1: Tra- draft guy, Lance line.
0: So, he's a draft guy, right? Media personality. Not a reporter.
1: But he's there but at the Combine. But still a
0: reputable source. He was there at the Combine. And at the Combine, rumors will start to fly. So, it comes out over the weekend that he says the Eagles are willing to shop Andre Dillard if the price is right. Now... At first, I kind of dismissed that as, like, that's baloney. Like, they would never give up on a guy after one year. Like, that makes no sense. I didn't think he was that bad last year. I think people were a lot harder on him than um, he deserved. I think he was put in a tough spot.
1: And offensive line is one of the slowest to develop positions in the NFL. Yes, very
0: slow to develop. It's hard to get accustomed to. We knew coming out. He was going to have to get stronger and uh, more refined in the run game. Yep. And, you know, he certainly showed that last year. But I thought he showed some promise. Now, apparently, according to some inside team sources, they're saying that the issues with Dillard are more mental. They're not as high on him because of the mental side of the game. They think he's a little bit. Soft, potentially. Like, he doesn't have that fortitude to to say, you know what? That killer drive. So, I guess, you know, the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, if you know that, right, if you think he's going to have a hard time his whole career with the mental side of it, and he's still talented, the more I thought about it, I'm like, the time to give up on him would be now then, right? Because if he's not going to pan out, your his draft stocks never going to get or his stock is never going to get higher it's going to go down
1: i think first round draft picks are like driving a car off the off the lot like as soon as yeah. he's you're not going to get i don't think he i mean maybe you get something for him i don't think you get a great return if you want to move on from your you clearly are going to have a hole in this position on the future in the future unless they think so highly of Jordan Milata that they're ready to throw him in oh my which God. if they actually thought that or felt that way he would have been on the field last year a little more unless well, unless that's your perspective i think that at best for for dillard you're getting like a mid to late second round pick i just think that you're better off holding on to that value and and investing it as you yeah, know unless unless you're using him yeah unless you're using him as like ammo to trade up for what you believe to, you know, say one of these four top offensive tackles slides to the early second round. Like people talked about Jawan Taylor. Like he was a top prospect Mm -hmm. last year. He slid into the second round. A lot of people had him in their top 10, you know, then, then I get it, you know, try to trade Dillard and, and maybe your second round pick to move up. If you really like a tackle there and you really don't think Dillard's for you, but in my opinion, it's he's he's you're you you're stuck with him. I have it, to
0: agree. <laughs> because if you get rid of him, think about it. Your whole draft approach is gonna be screwed up because then you have to draft a tackle high.
1: Yeah, they have too many needs and too yeah, old they, of they, a roster to be getting yeah. rid of young prospects with even any remote possibility of starting
0: alright man we're about the end of the hour so you got right. any more thoughts before we want to wrap it up for the night
1: not a thing I think more that my phone is at 9% battery and any more podcasting and it's it's gonna die if I don't first
0: alright well that'll do it for today's episode everybody it was a good hour went a lot faster than I thought it would we definitely ta- uh, touched on a lot of topics here but uh, I don't know. Maybe we throw in another podcast this week, or maybe sometime this weekend. We'll have to see.
1: Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll
0: see if we could drudge up some content here.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll probably base that on you know what we look at throughout the week. I think we've talked about most of the players the Eagles may target, or at the moment may target in the first round. So now we can either talk about some some potential prospects deeper on in those positions deep
0: dives going. Yeah.
1: Either, either going deep on some of these positions of need or kind of brushing up on some of the rest of the drafts, you know, positions like the offensive Mm -hmm. line or the running back class quarterbacks. We talk about quarterbacks. Everybody likes to talk about quarterbacks. Who doesn't like to talk about quarterbacks?
0: I think maybe there is some quarterback talk in the future and uh, we'll just have some fun with it. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that sounds good to me. All
0: right, man. Well, This has been another Yardbirds podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Hope you learned a little bit about the uh, Underwear Olympics from this weekend. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks again, guys, for hanging out with us today. Again, this has been the Yardbirds podcast. Peace.